And welcome back to another episode of Adventures in DevOps. This week on our panel, we have Jeffrey Groman. Hey, Charles, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. And uh, yeah, we got on and Jeffrey, you were asking me questions about YouTube and like monetizing and, and stuff like that. And I think we pretty much decided that we're going to talk about kind of where I'm headed with DevChat.tv. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates, and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev heroes aren't just people who devs admire. They're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. Just to give a little bit of background, I think I'm going to take like five, 10 minutes to just kind of explain how we've done this to date, right? When we started out, it was Ruby Rogues. That was 10 years ago in May. I had done podcasts before that. I did Rails Coach. And then I took over Teach Me to Code, which was a screencast series. I did screencasts, and then I went freelance. And I was freelance for like four or five years. And then eventually, I took on, I think it was like three different clients were rather smallish clients. And at the same time, I was trying to just figure out when I was going to do the work because I was doing, at that point, five podcasts. And so anyway, I... I was like, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for both. And so I did the responsible thing and went and asked my wife what I should do, right? And what I was really looking for was for her to tell me to do the safe thing and then I could blame it on her if I was miserable, right? Because that's that's what you do when you're an adult, right? You find different scapegoats. Exactly. So Point the finger. That's right. I mean, look at our politicians, right? It's all the other guy's fault. The, the Republicans blame the Democrats. Democrats blame the Republicans. It, it's a fun mess. And, and nobody has to take responsibility for anything, which is terrific. Anyway, I will quit on that while I'm ahead. But yeah, so she looked at me and she said, well, and you have to realize that when I went freelance, she completely freaked out. And I, find, I just looked at her and said, look, when, when we run out of mortgage money, I'll take a job, right? And she was like, all right. So I basically promised her we wouldn't miss mortgage payment. And so found a contract and I found another contract, right? And so we figured it out. And so anyway... So at this point, she kind of got comfortable. In fact, she really liked having me at home because she could just take off and leave the kids here, right? And as long as nobody was bleeding, I was good, right? You know, <laughs> at that time, so my youngest is almost six. So at this time, I think we had just had her. She was almost a year, right? So she could just drop the baby off in my office and go, right? Because my next youngest is almost 10. And so he was like three or four. My oldest, he's 15 and a half. And so he and his sister could kind of wrangle the the three or four-year-old. And if the kids were at school, right, I I mean, the iPad is a beautiful thing. And anyway, so she was pretty comfortable with me being at home. 
And I just looked at her and said, look, I can't do both of these things. What do I do? And she said, do it. Do it. It'll make you happy. And nice. I was like, okay. <laughs> right? I, I, was, I, I couldn't believe it, but okay. So I refunded these uh, freelance clients. Because when I started out, I was, I was billing in arrears and I was billing per hour. And after a couple of years, I figured out that I needed to be billing up front and I'm billing per project, right? So I just refunded them the money and didn't do the project. Right. So anyway, yeah, pro tip. I'm also looking at restarting the freelancer show and talking about some of the stuff. But anyway, so what went, so this all goes on. At that point, I was making almost enough money to make it on sponsorships, right? So selling advertising on the shows. Yep. Had a lot of goodwill in the community. We were the biggest show in a couple of different categories. I mean, you kind of get the idea. So yeah. anyway, so I went full-time on the podcasts and I wound up selling enough sponsorships to pay all the bills. And I did that for the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. And then 2019 rolled around and a couple of things happened. One was I went through the whole social media cancel thing. I lost a bunch of sponsors. I uh, lost a bunch of show hosts and everything kind of went sideways in a major way. And I didn't have a whole lot of savings. So at that point, just trying to figure out how to make enough income to make ends meet. And things started to warm back up, you know, December, January, February, things were starting to look pretty good. I was finding new companies to sponsor. At this point, it's been long enough that some of the old companies are coming back to sponsor. But anyway, so then COVID hit. And as soon as they started shutting stuff down and things like that, all these companies started hoarding their cash. Yeah. And what that meant was they started cutting anything that they didn't have to have going out in order to keep the business running. And so that meant marketing in my case. And so all the sponsorship money just went, it was gone. And so I found a company here or a company there that was still putting some money out into the market. But yeah, it was kind of, it was a rough time for anybody re who was in relying on marketing money. So I kind of stuck that out for about six months. And then I kind of put a call out there just to see if I could find some freelance work. And a friend of mine who's working for a rather large financial firm said, well, we're not hiring contractors, but if you want a job. And I think that was in May or June. And I wasn't desperate enough yet. <laughs> but <laughs> in, in, in September, I took a full-time job. So... You know, at that point, things had kind of come back as far as finding hosts and stuff like that, right? So things warmed back up a bit, but people weren't spending a bunch of sponsorship money. And so I pretty much let my whole team go. And then as things kind of started to come back, I started hiring people again. So that's kind of where things have been. Okay. Now, over the last few months, I've had a couple of companies come to me and want to sponsor. And so we've kind of worked that out. And between that and the other thing that I've been doing is coaching people on how to start building their personal brand through podcasting in the programming space. And so between the two, I've been bringing in a few thousand dollars every month. And that's enough to pay for the hosting and pay for the people that I have working for me and actually pay back because some of the folks that I eventually let go had worked for me for a while without getting paid, which was a mistake. <laughs> but it was a mistake I had to learn was a mistake the hard way. Yeah. So I still owe one person some money. I've been paying her every month. But yeah, so we're basically at that point where I'm pretty much out of the hole and just, just working through this stuff, right? So 
yeah. So you asked, hey, well, have you thought about going on YouTube and putting up some content, selling your own stuff? And I've kind of done that with the Dev Influencer Show. So I try to put up daily content. I have not been as consistent as I would like. It seems to be about one in every three weeks, I get about a week's worth of content out. And so I'm actually going to change it up because I'm really good at recording an episode every week that's a little longer. So I think that's what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do that for for that show, right? And just talk about building your brand and how that's a vehicle for getting what you want out of your career. Right. And then I can put that on YouTube and I can break that up if I need to and put some of that content out. So I have done that, but I haven't done any AdWords or any advertising or anything else. And to be honest, most of the people that I know that are making money on YouTube are not making enough that way to actually pay right. for that's, anything. That's what, yeah, that, that's what I've heard as well is the folks that are monetizing it are... <laughs> Our the AdWords stuff, whatever it is, it, it's it's something, but they'll just use that right. to maybe reinvest or that's mm-hmm. not yeah, that's not the mainstay. Right. Uh, it, it's just interesting to me that there's like you can really sort of develop the more creative you are, the more you can develop multiple mm-hmm. revenue streams out of it, out of a channel. Right. Yeah. So kind of where I wound up at was that I needed to have more control over my own destiny, right? Where I mean the, the advertising money is great. When it comes in, I mean, you you can bring in quite a bit, especially if you have a lot of eyeballs or ears or whatever, you know, people paying attention to you. Yeah. And I we do at devchat.tv, we have enough to where people kind of come in and go, oh, you're bigger than most of the other shows out there in your space. And so we're going to come and we're going to drop some advertising money your way and hopefully get some people coming our way. And for some folks, it works really well. And for other folks, it kind of doesn't, right? And so... Yeah. Typically, we'll have sponsorships for a few months. And then the ones that it's working for will continue to sponsor. And the ones that it doesn't work for will move on. Typically, the ones that it doesn't work for are the ones that don't do what I tell them to. I I will just point that out. But because it's not the same as like putting ads on a website or things like that. So at this point, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at doing that and putting that content together for the coaching. Because if I can land a coaching client, I've been signing them up for between five hundred and thousand dollars a month, right? And so if I can get a dozen or so of them going, then that's money that I can put toward growing the podcast network or put in the bank for a rainy day or things like that, right? right? Beyond what I have to pay everybody to run the podcast network, and to not put too fine a point on it right now it probably cost me about $2,500 to run the podcast network for a month. Okay. So, and that doesn't include paying anybody back or anything else. Right. So no, it's less, it's probably a little less than that. But anyway, so, so that's kind of what I'm looking at. Right. So between the coaching and the sponsorships that I have, because I have one recurring sponsor and then I've had, I've had another few that have come on for a few months and they, they kind of come on and then come off and then come on again. Right. Is, is Mm -hmm. kind of their, so they'll they'll sponsor us, and then they'll sponsor somebody else, and they'll sponsor somebody else, and they'll come back to us. And they'll just kind of figure out, you know, okay, we got some traction here, it's starting to die down, we're going to move over there. And, you know, and that's kind of a cycle that some of these companies go through because that's just what works for them. Right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, if I can line up a few thousand extra dollars worth of sponsorship in a month, then then that really helps. But I'm also in this full-time job. And so it makes it hard for me to put in all the time that I would like to, to, to make this thing move and grow. And to be perfectly honest, 
I think I talked about who not how for like a month and a half. Most of that money is money that I'm putting into, okay, how do I hire somebody to do this? How do I hire somebody to do that? Right, right. Right, because if I can get it to the point where it's moving along mostly on its own, right? So I'm showing up and I'm hosting the shows. I give some general direction, uh, push a few initiatives through, but the rest of it that has to happen the same way every time just happens, the better off we are. In fact, I'm actually looking at changing hosting platforms for the podcasts because Kajabi just released their podcasting setup. And it turns out that their podcasting setup is pretty simple. It does like 95% of what I need. And it's easy for my team to use, right? And so I can just put it all in there. And then the other thing is, is I can actually put other products into it, right? Because that's what it's made for. So so that's that's part of the direction that we're going. But yeah. So where do we go from here, right? Because I don't want to be completely dependent on this marketing money anymore. Because if I tick off the same social justice people that were mad at me before, right, and they chase my sponsors away again, then I have a problem, right? Or if, let's say, the Delta or Lambda or whatever variant of COVID comes around, and these companies start getting skittish about spending money again, right? Right. Without getting into the politics of COVID, which is driving me crazy, by the way. It's like, it's like, look, can we just like pay attention to the scientists and just understand what they're saying? But no, every side has their spin. So no. I'm I'm not I'm not wading into that one. But anyway, so if if that dries up, where's this money coming from, right? And so there are there are other business models, right? There are business models that different podcasters use, there are different models that YouTubers use. There are business models that probably haven't even been invented yet, right? And the other thing is, is I've been talking to these sponsors to figure out what works for them and what they're really looking for. And there are a couple of things that I'm not doing that are really attractive to them, right? Other media that they could sponsor. right? And so I started thinking about it and I started figuring out, okay, well, first of all, I've got to do something that I really love to do, right? Because working full-time for, for this company, I like my coworkers, projects, not really that interesting, to be honest. But I'm just not loving the work. And so, and I don't want to go out there and just create all this media and be miserable doing it, right? Right. So if, if I'm going to do that, I'm, I'm going to go find something else, right? I'll sell my house, I'll go buy a pig farm, and I'll go do that, right? I mean, <laughs> if, if that's what's going to make me happy, that's where I'm going to go. So it's got to be something that makes me happy. And the other thing is, is it's got to be something that's pretty, you know, it, it has to be able to make money. But so as I thought about it, I realized, you know what, what really gets me going is really helping people move up in their career, you know, just lighting it up. Where do you want to end up? What do you want to do? Where do you want to end up? Right. And a lot of people, they, they don't really think that deeply about it. But if you start talking to them, and this is a concept that I just picked up out of a book I just read called The Prosperous Coach. They were talking about there's a default path that people will follow barring any, any intervention, right? Right. And, and so they'll go through that path and they'll just, they'll achieve at that level unless they, they have a coach or something else comes along that pushes them along. So how do I put that stuff out there that's going to move them along? It's going to push them along that path, right? Right. It's going to give them lift to go from, hey, I'm a staff, a DevOps guy. I'm right. a staff web developer. I'm a staff mobile developer. I'm staff backend developer. And then I get tired of this place. So I go to the other place and I do the same thing, yeah. right? I feel like that's kind of the default where people end up, right? And so it's like, okay, how do I push that along? And how do I do that in a way that makes sense for the sponsors, right? right. So that's that's kind of where I ended up. And at the same time, this year, 
a friend of mine pushed me to start doing the coaching. And that's that's been going pretty well. I had a couple people that started podcasts. One guy, he started going, he started doing what I told him to. And within like two weeks, he had somebody come along with a job offer, offering him way more money than he was making at the other place. Right. Nice. Nice. I have another guy that he started a Flutter podcast and he just picked up a five-figure training deal, right? With a big company and off of his podcast, right? And a lot of his podcast guests are people that I knew that I introduced him to. And anyway, so it's it's kind of worked out, right? Yeah. So so that's working. Had some other people that got in, realized that it was work to run a yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, and they, they've kind of backed out or... They couldn't get clarity on who they wanted to reach and help. So, but but this is working, right? So so I've got two case studies of people that it's working for. And so I can get that going along. But yeah, so I've been looking at the rest of this and going, okay, how do I do this? Right. So I I have kind of a master plan, right? And and this is this is the direction that I'm I'm really looking at going. So the two or the one place that I get more than anything else from the sponsors that I talk to that they get really excited about putting their money into besides conferences, in-person conferences, they love putting their money into that. But that, that is a, that is a lot of work. A whole different conversation, but I don't understand that at all. I, I can kind of explain it to you. Basically the way that that goes for them is they, they, they like seeing their name up on the marquee. Oh, I totally get it. I just want to know, I don't think anybody, I don't think any of them are tracking. Sorry, I'm, I'm digressing, but it just drives me Go crazy. ahead, because you're going to digress right into what one of my... Oh, perfect, good, Go perfect. So Go I just think it's insane because they put these marketing, in, and I know this because I used to work for companies, security companies that did this. They would sponsor mm-hmm. different events, conferences, whatever. They put a whole bunch of money, booths, and you know the whole booth thing is a lot of money to put together. Like between, between all the collateral, all the swag that you give away, and then you're putting people who would be either selling or doing or whatever, bringing in, helping bring in revenue to the company, and for a few days, they're off focus just on <laughs> right? So the whole thing. And then to top it off, like after all this investment is made, there is absolutely no marketing accountability to figure out what was the return on that. In other words, what you know, what did we actually bring in in terms of revenue? If there's no accountability, you can't know like, oh, yeah, this person stopped at the booth and then ended up making a purchase. There's really very little of that data that exists for most companies mm-hmm. who are doing that. So I just think the whole thing was crazy. But I digress and I'm going to hand it back to you. No, you're right. And so the other part of this that's my pet peeve is they don't actually do this for any of their other marketing either, right? They know what Facebook earned them because Facebook gives them a report. Yeah. They know what Google ads earned them because Google gives them a report. Right. But right. for these in-person things, podcasts have the same problem, incidentally. Right? Yeah. It, you don't have a good way to know that somebody yeah. listened to the podcast. The other thing is, is that if the podcast does all the brand building work, and then they see the Google ad, the Google ad actually gets the credit. Right. Right. And it's the same thing for the the, right. the conferences. So the the difference, the main difference between the conferences and the podcast and things like that versus these other things is that, yeah, you you're leveraging relationships, you're building relationships, you're at the conferences, you actually get to talk to people face to face. And so you may win people over that way, right? Yep. But yeah, at the end of the day, they don't track it. 
And the thing is, is it's not terribly hard to track. I mean, you just hand out a flyer with your co- with your coupon on it, right? Exactly. And then uh, again, right? If they came and talked to you, and then they see the Facebook ad and they click that, yeah, the Facebook ad's going to get the credit. But then if you can get them to say, "Oh, where's that thing with that coupon on it?" Right? Or what was that coupon code I heard on the podcast? Right. Right. And and we can make it easy for them to find it. Then we can get attribution too. Yeah. But anyway, it's kind of a different animal. So in talking to people, yeah, one of the pl- one of the places they like to put their money is in Facebook ads and stuff like that because they get the reports. But another one that they really like is email, email news- newsletters, right? Yep. And so, I mean, we cover all kinds of stuff on the podcasts. And I don't think it would be terribly hard to get a technical writer to go in and take what we covered in the podcast and put it into a newsletter, right? The yeah. other The other thing is, is that a lot of what we wind up doing is we wind up aggregating news sources into a list of our own. And this is behind the scenes. You generally don't see this. I'm the one doing it. But then I actually go on the list that Michaela gives me and I say, yeah, let's do a show on that one and that one and that one. Not that one, not that one, not mm-hmm. that one, that one, that one, that one, right? And so that's that's kind of the process that we go through. And I'm sitting here going, if I'm going to do this, I may as well actually, and some of some of the ones that I skip, is I skip it because it's like, here's what this config option does in Kubernetes, right? It's like, that would be a 10-minute podcast episode because the implications really aren't that wide far-reaching, right. right? And the audience so, would be about five people. Right. It'd be terrific content. People would be interested in it. And it'd be a 10-minute episode. Yeah. And we don't do 10-minute episodes. Right. So, So I would put it in a newsletter. I just wouldn't put it on the podcast. The other thing is, though, is that I also get people asking me a lot, hey, how do I stay current, right? How do I how do I know what to learn next? How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? How do I know which of these things are important? Stuff like that. Yeah, I saw that. I've I've got I've got nine kids in my house right now and my wife is on vacation. You're not running for the hills? Five of them I did that last night. Five five of them are mine, the other four aren't so just as a a side note, yeah. I'm like, who's got the baby? Okay, good, right? Because nephew's almost two, and he doesn't talk. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. You want this? Yeah. That's you want this? Challenge. No. And that's about it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so yeah. So so the the email newsletters is a place they like to advertise because it's easy to track, right? Yep. Here's the open rate. Here's the click rate. Right. Right. It's working. It's not working. Right. It's yep. pretty straightforward. Yep. So, so that that's something that I'd like to put together. But as I thought through that, I'm like, how do I make this easy to aggregate? Right. And I'm back that back to who not how at this point too. Who do I get to aggregate this? Right. And I realized that what I'd really like to see is I'd like to put together some kind of resource where people can actually come and see what the top places to learn this stuff are. Right. Yeah. Where they can come in and they can say, hey, look, I'm really trying to understand the DevOps movement, right? And so what are the podcasts that I should go listen to? What are the videos I should go watch? What are the conference talks I should go watch? What what are the YouTube channels I should go watch? Or the YouTube videos I should go watch? What blog posts are going to explain this to me? What books maybe should I pick up, right? And so if I decide that this is part of my critical path on my learning journey, where's this stuff? Yeah. And then the flip side is, is then as we get get more of this stuff, then we can stick it into the newsletter and say, okay, here's a list of articles, right, that, that came out this week that we think you'd be interested in. 
right? Okay, here's the summary of the podcast or some other, you know, we can, we don't even have to do this just for our content. We can do it for other content. Right. Here's here's a quick summary of this thing that yep. seems to be the thing that a lot of people are talking about in the DevOps community right now, right? And then as people want to continue that journey, they can go on. So essentially what I'm looking to put together is the how do I stay current solution? Like how do I stay on top of this stuff? How do I know what to learn? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, all that stuff, right? Right. right? And my approach has been, and I don't know if we've done an episode on this. I've done it on other shows. I can't remember if this is one of them or not. But my approach is, where do you want to end up, right? So this is back to the default podcast idea, where or the default career idea, where it's like, look, if you're not going to follow the default career path, then please don't, right? Think about where you want to go. Think about what you would like to have or do or be or see or whatever, right? And then what are you missing to get there, right? And I've talked about this on Dev Influencers. The things that you want are skills, relationships, and recognition, right? So what skills are you missing, right? What what don't you know that you have to know in order to get what you want, right? So if you want to be one of the luminaries that is speaking at all the conferences, I mean, a lot of that's going to come down to reputation and relationships, to be perfectly honest, right? But what skills do they expect you to have? Speaking skills, presentation skills, communication skills. How do you get all that, right? And then at the same time, what are kind of the gaping holes in your DevOps knowledge that will come through in that talk and turn people off, right? Or let's say that you, you want to be... I don't know. You want to work for a big company like Microsoft or something, right? You want to do DevOps for them. Okay. Well, what does that process look like, right? What do you have to know to get, you know, what does your resume have to look like? What what skills do you have to be able to explain for your interview? What are they going to ask you? What do they expect, right? So you can start to break this down. And so then once you do that, okay, I've got to pick up these skills. I want you to be able to come in and go into the system and say, okay, I need to understand this and this and this, right? I've got this this plan now to get what I want to get what I want. So, or to get what I need to get what I want. And so, then you just work through that that process, right? Okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go watch some videos to figure out how to learn this and I'm going to go listen to some podcasts or read some books so that I can understand kind of the underlying principles, right? Because we don't demo anything on the podcast cuz we're audio, right? But we explain a lot of stuff that they don't explain in the videos because they're just showing you how to do stuff, right? I'm going to go listen to the conference to see what the experts are talking about these days related to this topic, right? Everything kind of has its part in that journey. And so I want to open that up and say, okay, look, over the next couple of weeks, you probably want to go through these resources or these are the top ones in these areas. So listen to the top two podcast episodes on this thing. Listen, go watch the top three or four videos on this thing go so that you can you can work through that process. And then as I thought about it, I was like, well, the one thing that really seems to make the difference for people, and I've, I've got this in my How to Find a Job book, by the way, because it boils down to skills and relationships is going to the users groups, right? You show up at the local users group, you get to know people, you find out where they've been, A lot of times they have relationships you can leverage to get what you want. And it's a great way to kind of practice the things that are going to get you recognized for what you have to be recognized for in order to get what you want. Right. And I was like, you know what? A lot of people don't have one near them, right? Or it's not at a convenient time of day or whatever, right? The other thing is, is that if I live in Salt Lake City, or I live near Salt Lake City, right? If I want to work for Microsoft, 
I need to be meeting people that live up in Washington, yeah. right? So how do yeah. I get to know them? How do I open those doors, right? And so uh, creating this kind of a global community that does that is kind of the other piece. Right. And so I thought about it and I was like, you know, we could do a presentation every month, but that didn't really excite me, right? I was like, mm, yeah. the other thing is, is that if if we hold a conference, like if you travel to a conference, you know, let's say you go to Microsoft Build or Microsoft Ignite, or you go to KubeCon. AWS Invent. Right. AWS Reinvent, right? So you go to you go to these and you meet the people there, right? And open up those doors, right? So how do we create those opportunities for the people who can't take advantage of, of them, right? Because they don't have the money. They, don't have, they can't get the time off to travel. How do we open those doors? And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to create, okay, let's put together, and I'm probably going to do it for the JavaScript podcast first because it's our largest podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can open it up to a wider community. Right. But what I'm looking at doing is, and I do this for the DevOps too, is create DevOps Club, right? So what's DevOps Club? And so this, this is something that I'd like to get rolling probably by the end of the summer. Uh, maybe September, October. It just kind of depends on how well I can get the right people in place for it, right? But what I'm looking at is it's not just, uh, you know, kind of your run-of-the-mill meetup and we're not going to have pizza because it's online. Right. But, you know, we're going to have masterclass. It's going to be a a one to two hour masterclass where we get somebody to come in and teach us some major thing, right? So it could be, Here's how you apply the the principles of the DevOps movement in your company, right? And then the next month, we may have somebody come in and show you how to just whiz-bang the crap out of your Kubernetes setup, right? And then the next month, it's going to be, hey, and cybersecurity, right? The next month, it'll be, you know, something else, right? And we may, some of them may be very specific, and some of them may be a, a little more general, a little bit more newbie-friendly, right? But then the other thing is, is we'll also have a forum where you can collaborate with other people. And we will also have some kind of meetup where we break out into breakout rooms and we switch it up every 20 minutes or so so that you can get to know other people in the community, right? Yeah. And and that way you can get on, you can be like, hey, look. And so effectively what we're doing is we want you to get on and come with like, hey, here's what I want to get out of it, right? Right. Because the breakout rooms, I honestly don't think we're going to randomize them. I think what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know, submit your questions and then we'll set up breakout rooms for the more common stuff, right? So here's yeah. the career room, here's the Azure room, here's the security room, here's, right? And we'll just do three 20-minute sessions where we just reset, reset, and then we're done, right? And that way you can come in, you can talk to people about what you want to pick up, you can yeah. get together with other people. We encourage you to share contact information, right? Here, Here's how you get a hold of me on discord or slack or whatever right right and right so we create that community and give people a chance to build those relationships and then maybe we actually bring in a recruiter from microsoft or bring in a recruiter from aws or bring in a recruiter from somewhere else where we maybe we say okay well in in these two breakout rooms we've got a freelance aws person and a freelance cybersecurity person right and we have you sit in there right and so you can answer their questions you can network with people that you're interested in networking with. But but that's kind of the thing that I'm looking to create over there. And then the master classes will just be available as content for DevOps Club. But I also want to do the, the virtual conferences, the summits. And so as part of your membership, you'll get a ticket to the summit when we hold it. Nice. And I, 
ideally, I'd like to hold two of them a year for each club. And so we'd have one in the spring and one in the fall or one in the summer and one in the winter. I mean, cause right. I have to space them out depend, you know, for the different communities, but obviously I'm going to need a whole bunch of people to help me running all this because I mean, I could probably run one community on my own, maybe two, but I'd like to create this for each of the communities. And what I find is that depending on the community and depending on the approach, yeah, these things don't really exist there. Like in the right. Ruby community, for example, we have the, weekly newsletter we have rails conf and ruby conf but we used to have regional conferences all over the place and we don't anymore right the devops community has kind of conglomerated into the bigger cons and they don't have the the smaller local conferences you have devops days but even those are i in in my experience fewer and further between right there's a tech group here in Utah that puts one on, but I, I don't think they'd put one on for like two or three years. I know some of that was because of COVID, but still. Right, right. It's like, okay, yeah. well, then where do you go, right? Yeah. And so that's that's what I'd like to create is create that community where people come in and go, you know what, I get a, I get a DevOps days and I don't have to travel, right? Yeah. I just tell my boss, hey, look, I'm taking two days, but right. I'm going to go do this summit right you don't have to pay for a hotel room you don't have to pay for anything you know right no travel yeah so so that's the direction that i'm heading is i want to create that membership recurring revenue but the ultimately it's so that it can support the shows and support me getting a team to make them run hey folks if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages then you're in luck We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Right, right. And so, yeah, so effectively where I'm starting at is I'm starting at, because I feel like this will drive everything else, is I'm starting with the resource directory, right? Because if I'm looking at what's coming out on a weekly basis or what's getting reported to us on a weekly basis, you know, it might not be new, but then what we can do is we can say, okay, well, these are the things that we're looking at. So we know that we want these topics covered in the master classes in DevOps Club. We want these topics and these people to speak at the summit. We yeah. want you know, this stuff needs to go in the newsletter. This stuff needs to be covered on the podcast. This stuff. Maybe we have people help us build courses on some of this stuff, right? Hey, there's not really a great course on this. Or maybe we have a different approach to courses. And we say, hey, look, we want our approach to this course, right? And so we can start to feed into these other areas and make sure that people are getting what they need and that it's easy to find and that we can get people to the the point where they're getting the outcomes they want. And then for the people that get in and they're like, you know what, I feel like I've gotten as far as I can get, or uh, DevOps Club is kind of hit or miss for me because at this point, it's not so much about my DevOps skills anymore. It's more about my presentation skills and relationship skills and things like that. I feel like I can coach those people, right? They're willing to take it to the next level. They're willing to pay a little more premium for more focused time from me. And so then I can help move them through the process of going, okay. Well, let's get you producing content. Let's get you building these relationships. Let me introduce you to some of the people that I know, right? Because you're 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 raising your hand and you're telling me that there's that you're invested enough for me to introduce you to these people who want to get to know people who are invested at that level, right? right. And right. so I, I can turn around and I can add value to you more quickly because at that point I will have the you're paying me to have the time 
to sit down and figure out where you're at and what you want and what those steps are so that then I can get you to where you want to go. Right. And I can't do that for everybody. And I can't do that on a generalized basis for something like DevOps Club. But the thing is, is people come up and they kind of go from a junior level to a mid-level to a senior level. Most of that stuff is generalizable, right? I mean, there's going to be quirky stuff with every job and every employment situation and different countries and stuff like that. But the majority of it is, is, hey, look, here's how you build these skills. We're going to help you build these skills. Here's how you build the relationships that are going to help you get a better job, get a better this, do a better that. Here's some of the interpersonal skills that will help you build the relationships within the company you work for. Here are the skills that are going to help you kind of point out where you're doing well so that you get the recognition you need, whether it's locally, internally, or otherwise. Right. And then, okay, I'm not getting the result I want, but I'm at a high enough level to where not as many people are in that situation. Right. All right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to sign up for some coaching or some one-on-one help or maybe a group coaching situation. And, and that's where we get in and I talk to you and figure out where you're at and then go, okay, here's what I think it's going to, or here's working together. Here's what we think it's going to take for you to get what you want. And then here's here in order for me to coach you to that level, here's kind of a custom package because I'm only doing the coaching on a custom package kind of thing anymore. Right. Here's a custom package for getting you there, right? So we're going to coach you over the next few months. Here's the roadmap. Here's what you're going to have to do. Here's what I'm going to have to do, right? And and we'll just kind of do it from there. So that's that's kind of the big plan. Cool. Cool. And it may change as I go because <laughs> that's how life is. But I'm finding that that ticks off most of the major boxes for both the sponsors. And it ticks off most of the major boxes for the people who are trying to get ahead in their career. Yeah. And it ticks off the boxes for me as far as fulfillment and stuff like that. So, right. It makes sense. And it makes sense to sort of, you, you're probably going to do this sort of on a show by show basis because mm-hmm. how many shows do you have now? Like 13 or something? Something like that. Yeah. 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 But like for the coaching, the freelancer show is it's a natural feeder to the coaching. Yep. And so that's the other thing is that, and I haven't really gotten this specific with anybody, but. I feel like I need a nest egg in the bank and I need to be making a certain amount of money every month in order to be able to quit and comfortably, you know, whatever. Right. And so the the number in the bank is basically three months worth of expenses, right? For for both my living and the business. And so I peg that somewhere around $20,000, right? Just to pay for any other services that come up. I'm probably going to have to hire more people to get this all to run, right? And so I just figured operating expenses is going to be $10,000 a month, right? And it may not be, right? It may turn out to be 15000 instead of 20000 Who knows? But that means that I have to have $60,000 in the bank in order to quit. So just sitting down and doing the math. And, and you know, I'm I've been going through and getting my bookkeeping done so I can get my taxes done. But the other thing that does is it allows me to look through my expenses and actually say, okay, this is the budget for the business, right? And then yeah. this is the amount that I need to make. And so, yeah, it, once once that's handled, once that's solved and figured out, then from there we can kind of go. So at this point, yeah, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for people who can either help take just a little bit more weight off on the podcast operations. Yep. And that's basically like writing show notes, helping us figure out topics. And then once I get these directories together and rolling out, helping identify, okay, this is these are resources that we need to make sure we're listing, right? Yep. And then from there, 
then it's okay. I mean, that's not a full-time job. It's not even hardly a part-time job that much. But then they can be the people who are involved in actually making sure that the the content is on point for the master classes and things like that. Because I know enough about DevOps to where I could probably run it, but there are people that spend a lot more time doing DevOps than I do. And they probably could actually pick better people <laughs> than I do would, you know, in order to do this. Yeah. And they could they could keep the conversations going in a couple of different areas that I'm not as expert in and stuff like that. And then, yeah, just look at... Such an interesting area, though, in general. Like, I was just thinking about taking this show and, and making a conference or DevOps days and stuff. And, I, you know, I, I think part of the challenge here is that, and I see this in the security field, too, like we used to do a lot of, like, little mini meetups and there used to be local conferences and stuff. And I'm, I'm guessing that after COVID, like we'll probably start to see some of this pop back up. But I think part of the problem is there's so many specialties, right? There's yeah. no one DevOps engineer. There's no one security person. We all have different things that we specialize in. And, you know, that's tough to to make content that fits a lot of different types of people mm-hmm. without making this like this enormous conference like I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure there's, uh, there are a couple of those in the security area, but trying to do something that huge is like, that's an undertaking that requires mm-hmm. a tremendous investment. So I, I think that that would, that might be sort of interesting as maybe sort of even, even break it off into like little things and say, Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to focus, like maybe do it two or three times a year and say, this time we're, we're focusing on this area, right? We'll focus mm-hmm. on, you know, Hey, Here's a great way of managing your infrastructure doing infrastructure's code. Like you could do a whole yeah. mini conference just on infrastructure's code, right? Oh yeah. Yep. You know, and then you know, another one you could do on security and another one you could do probably on CI C D, how to create your CI C D mm-hmm. pipeline and maybe just take two different technologies and run it off of that. And yeah. Yep. I mean, but anyway, yeah, it's it's that that's sort of the interesting thing about something like DevOps is just how diverse and, yeah. and different skill sets you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. There are a few communities like that. I mean, some of the communities like we have like React, Angular, Vue, Elixir, Ruby. Those are all small enough and focused enough to where yeah, I mean, Ruby you could go nuts and go Ruby and Rails, right? Right. <laughs> but and that's more or less how the community's already split it up, right? Yeah. But yeah, JavaScript has the same problem, right? Because you have oh. mobile developers doing Flutter or right. React Native or this or that or that. They've got all the frameworks. All the frameworks. You've got no, Node developers. You've got uh, IoT developers, right? And so I've, I've kind of looked at this and yeah. thought about, okay, you know, what if we, we could even split shows too, right? And just do IoT and JavaScript or mobile JavaScript development. Yeah. Whatever, right? I mean, we have an iOS show that we're starting to bring back. Cool. That's pretty focused, right? It is. Again, you, you don't you don't get too far afield. You you can go crazy and talk about Apple TV and Apple Watch, but yeah. really it all ties back to the same stuff, right? Right. So yeah. But JavaScript is wide and could deal with that. That'd be a thing. DevOps is wide. Um, we have a machine learning show, and that has a lot of specialties yeah, that's, in it. That's huge. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely those three have kind of an interesting feel. But at the same time, there's this core underlying set of principles and ideas that I think we could kind of capture within that and yeah. say, all right, look, here's here's the core DevOps stuff that we all have in common. That's DevOps Club. And then, yeah, maybe we spin off another show and go, 
cybersecurity or even more specialized than that into different kinds of security, whether it's network security or server security or code security. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at that point, then we could have the show, we could have the club, we could have the res- the resource list, and right. we can kind of break that down. But I think I think that's far enough into the future looking at that. I, I do like the idea, though, of specializing. And that's really one of the things that I think is a strength of podcasting in itself. Yeah. Is that you can focus and you can really just drive it home for the people that... Right. And yeah, anyway... But but that's the other part of it is then it all feeds back to the podcasts, right? It brings people back to these shows. We could get some writers to do some blogging. I don't know if that's a thing that I want to do or not yet, but it's it's kind of an idea out there. I, I wrote a book a year or so ago. I'd like to write more. So that's another area where I could write books just on career or this or that that are more general topics that don't get treated as much. Yep. And then just make sure that we're just we're knocking it out of the park. And I kind of thought about doing like a career club where essentially it's like all the core career skills and then everybody would just kind of be a part of that one. So if you sign up for one of the clubs, you get the career stuff as part of the deal. Right. But that's yeah. that's the overarching vision at this point. So then it's just a matter of pulling people in who can be a part of that. And I'm totally willing to make it be worth people's while. The, the podcast hosts are kind of volunteers, but at the same time, I feel like you all get something out of it otherwise you wouldn't keep coming back <laughs> and just enjoy just the, the topics and learning and mm-hmm. you know getting to meet new people and all that yeah there's some of that for some folks and i think other people they get enough from the reputation to where they can either write their ticket for a job wherever they want or they're freelancing and they yeah. they can kind of point to it with their clients and say hey look we're on this highly syndicated podcast or right they get to collaborate, they get to meet people in the community. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to do it. But yeah, when it comes down to like doing the club and stuff, somebody wants to do it in exchange for coaching, they want to do it in exchange for some kind of revenue share. I mean, whatever, right? Right. As long as as long as it's a win-win, right? As long as I'm happy yep. with the arrangement, so are you. I mean, so so yeah, so that's what I'm looking for is in fact, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day who's a Ruby on Rails developer. He lives in Estonia, I think. Mm, cool. But but we had a conversation about the directory because I'm building Ruby on Rails. Right. And and he's like, yeah, I totally want to help, you know? And so we we sat down and kind of figured out what that would look like, right? Cool. Made it worth, worth it to him. And so it's the same kind of thing with the rest of this stuff is, okay, how do I make this so that you're happy with the arrangement, you're getting what you want from it, and at the same time, I'm happy with the arrangement and I'm happy to give you what you want in order to have you do it and I'm getting what I want. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's kind of the master plan. Nice. And yeah, just to give you an idea of where some of that's at. So I have been working on the directory piece and the coaching piece are kind of the two main areas right now. I had a handful of things that I had to kind of just get out of the way. So I took this week off <laughs> while I had all these kids here. <laughs> so that uh, I could I could get that stuff done. So like yesterday, I got some stuff done, but I mostly just did some recovery from the burnout that I've been under. Yeah. But today I've gotten a ton of it done. So the yeah. So I figure tomorrow I'll probably just hit this stuff full stride and just start nailing things down where they want to go. So I'm pretty excited about the possibilities and the opportunities. And 
as we kind of get more of these pieces rolled out. I'm pretty excited for where it'll go. But yeah, directory will probably get launched here within the next month. Uh, JavaScript Club will probably come pretty quick after that. And then after a month or two of kind of figuring out the ins and outs of how that all works and what kind of people I need to do what kind of work on those, then we'll probably start rolling out some of the other clubs for some of the right. other shows. Right. And I will probably start with the larger shows and work my way down. So it'll probably be JavaScript, then Angular, then Ruby. And then from there, there are a handful of shows that are kind of right in the middle there. And this is one of them. So. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Makes sense. Sounds so yeah, exciting. yeah. Sounds like a ton of work. Yeah, absolutely. But if I can get the right people in place, and the other thing is, is that if say JavaScript Club and the JavaScript directory, you know, with any advertising or anything that we do there, sponsorship that comes out of that, comes out of it, the newsletter out of it, things like that. Once we have that moving and it starts making enough money. I mean, I may be in a position to quit my job and actually do this full time on another community or two. And once we have those rolling and I have enough of the right people in place to keep those going, right, then then it just becomes, okay, we're going to spin this one up this week. And we know that it's got like a two week ramp up. And then the next show, the next show, we can start the next one. And so I'm anticipating that if things go well, by the end of the year, we may be in a position where we're we have most of the shows have directories and clubs. And if it doesn't, then we'll pivot and we'll figure something else out. Yep. Cool. That's so there you go. Roadmap. I like that. Yep. Yeah. There might also be the possibility of uh, recording the video for these shows and putting those out on YouTube yeah. too, like we were talking about. But yep. I'm still kind of figuring some of that out because not all of our hosts are keen on doing video. Right. So. Right. But we that. may just give them the option of going turning off the video you know and right and just being audio only yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah i think i think some people like to see it they like to see the talking heads and kind of see what we look at look like and how big a mess my office is and what have you so yeah Yeah. and they get to see a different setup you know every few weeks Mm -hmm. that's what i get to see (laughs) oh in my office yeah or the cameras is facing a different direction well yeah so (laughs) just speak to that just for a second so I had two stand-up desks and one of them faced, where did it face? It faced the other. It, it's where this one was, uh-huh. this desk behind me. It was over there. And then the the other desk was to my left and my neighbor was moving and I, I just went over. So a bunch of the guys in the neighborhood, we just went over to help her move her stuff. Right? Yeah. And she's like, put this stuff on the curb and, put a free sign on it. And I was like, I was like, or you guys could just put it in my truck. Right. Cause there are two, two desks that we're talking about here and they're, they're pretty nice, solid desks. I mean, they're not terribly high quality, but they were, they're nicer than the standup desk. The, the only downside is, is they're not standing desks. Right. Right. They don't have the motor in them that goes up and down. So, but they have a whole bunch of storage in them. They have kind of a bookshelf over to the left over here on the side. And she had two of them that she was getting rid of. So I grabbed them both. And so I rearranged my office to put them in here. And yeah, that's kind of been the situation. So if anything's changed over the last two or three weeks, besides that, it's been me cleaning up the office space. (laughs) So at this point, if you're looking behind me, you can kind of see there's the DSLR camera that's right here. Right. And then you you can see the light. So there's a light here and there's a light 
there's a light over on the other side uh, behind this monitor. And I'm going to be doing some video recording off of that. And so whatever's on the wall in front of me as we talk will be in the background while right. we're doing the episode, you know, whatever videos. But yeah, I'm probably going to start recording the podcasts from over there and allowing the video to come through and things like that. Like I said, I did some of that for Dev Influencers podcast. I'm like, I also think I said that I'm moving that to be every week instead of every day so that I could just sit down and record episodes. Right. right. But the other thing is, is I can, I can really just outline and then drive home the points if I have more time in the episode. So I think that all works out. Um, I'm probably also going to be doing some more bonus content for all of the shows. And so those episodes show up in every podcast feed and they're going to be about topics on how to level up, how to get what you want out of your career, all that stuff. Because I, I find that people are dying for it and they're not finding yeah. it. Like there, there are a handful of people that talk about it sometimes. And sometimes is really the best I can say for how frequently that they cover it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here going, so people get stuck in a job they don't like, or they're, they're kind of stagnating on where they're at. Right. And they know the content's out there, but it's like, okay, well, how do I figure out where to go to be where I want to be at, do what I want to do, be the person I want to become? And then the other thing is, is I don't see anybody talking about the more holistic ideas around, hey, look, what you do in your professional life affects your personal life, affects your financial life, affects, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's not just... And I keep pushing people on this. And a lot of people still want to just keep it in its own box, right? And so when they go home, it's it's not the work box. And and I, I'm guilty of that too. Yep. But the reality is, is that if I'm not doing something fulfilling, I'm not a happy person when I go downstairs and hang out with my kids. If yeah. there are financial issues, I'm not a happy person when I go hang out with my kids right. if, with or with my wife, right? If she's stressed about money, she's not a happy person hanging out with me. Right. And so all these things come together. And so it's not just a, where do you want to end up in your career, but where do you want to end up in your life, right? Yep. Do you want to... I, I'm 41, right? And so I'm I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, it'd be nice at some point, hopefully soon, right? To be able to travel. I'd love to take my wife. I lived two years in Italy as a missionary. I'd love to take her back there. Yeah. I'd love to... There are some places she wants to go. Uh, we both have ancestors from Scandinavia. You know, mine are from Denmark. Hers are from Sweden and Norway. And that'd be a fun trip, right? Just to sit down and go, okay, these sure. are the towns that our ancestors are from. Let's go see them, right? And you know, who knows, right? My grandmother's French. And she has four half brothers and sisters that I don't know if they're alive anymore, but it'd be fun to go see my family in France. Right. Yeah. Like actually meet these people. Right. And just take my kids too. I mean, I really love American history. I'd love to just take my kids on a trip and just go, you yeah. know, go, we'd go back down the Mormon trail, which is where some of my, and some of my wife's ancestors came through. Right. right. But then go back and see, you know, I have, I have ancestors that, lived in Tennessee and fought in the Tennessee militia in the civil war. So wow. you know which side, which side they fought on. Right. <laughs> but I also have ancestors that lived in like Massachusetts and some of the Northern yeah. States that also fought in the civil war. Right. Right. And so it's like, it'd be interesting to go see that and go see some of the more, I guess, famous places like Gettysburg and stuff, but then also just go see, you know, Hey, I right. have an ancestor in this really, really old cemetery in Illinois or whatever. Right. Anyway, so 
it, it for me, it, it'd be fun to be able to do that kind of thing. Or I'd like to have a little more time because my kids really like doing podcasts with me, right? So it's, hey, you know, let's sit down and let's yeah. do a podcast on your, you know, your hobby right. or your thing or whatever. Right. And so just looking at that and saying, okay, you know, if if I could set up my lifestyle to be whatever I wanted, what would it look like? And then how do I work my way there? Not just professionally, but how can I make my professional pursuits support that? Right. And so I want to help people get there too. Yep. Cool. I have rambled for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's good. But that's the plan. That's that's where we're headed. Cool. Hopefully I didn't share too much and that people didn't just shut it off and go, God, I'm tired of hearing, t- hearing him talk about his dream. But <laughs> it's that that's the thing is I guess at the end of the day, I have my dream. You all have your dreams. And I want to help you reach your dream. And not the, this is the thing that drives me nuts when I do coaching. Because I'll be like, so who do you want to help, right? What what difference do you want to make? And what, what what's kind of the life you dream of? Right. And they will tell me exactly what they think I want to hear. Yeah. And then I'll call BS on their stuff, right? I'm going to be like, look, I'm sorry, but you didn't get lit up when you were talking about it. You didn't get lit up about how you... Oh, well, I, you know, and that's usually when I get the, oh, well, I helped somebody find their first dev job and it really just fired me up, right? My story is, is to be perfectly honest, and this is just one example of many, but a few years ago, we got to go to Microsoft Build. Microsoft paid our way, which is a ton of fun, right? You, You go, you hang out, you don't have to pay for the hotel. They feed you at the conference. And they line you up with all the cool people that work at Microsoft because they want the coverage on the podcast. Right. So so that was fun, right? So that's kind of part of the dream just in the sense that, hey, I get to go and be part of cool stuff. Right. But the other part of it was, was that afterward, we kind of did a meetup with podcast listeners. And we had this guy show up and start talking to us. We had like three people show up, right? And there were four of us, right? So podcast hosts actually outnumbered the people that showed showed up. But it was from two shows. There was the iOS show and then the the JavaScript show that were there. And so we start chatting and this guy, he just sits down and he's like, he's like, honestly, he's like, I I owe you guys big time. And I'm sitting there going, we just get on the microphone and yak. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I mean, we just get on the JavaScript. JavaScript's cool. JavaScript. Is kind of how it felt, right? We get on, we talk about stuff, we find interesting people, interesting projects and stuff like that. But he goes, he goes, no, you don't understand. He's like, I was working this construction job and I was making like $30,000 a year living in San Francisco. So you can imagine, right? That doesn't wow. get you anything. No. Nope. And he's like, he's like, I was working this construction job, blah, 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 right? And uh, I decided that I, I looked at the school my kids were going to go to and I was like, I can't do this. Right. So he started learning how to code. So he's going to his construction job and listening to a JavaScript podcast. And then when he gets home, he's spending time learning from resources online. And lo and behold, he decides that he's ready to apply for a job. So he goes and applies for the job. And most of the questions he got asked, he knew the answers because of our show. Wow. Right. And so he's telling us and he's he's like getting emotional, you know, and I'm sitting there going. This is this is wild. And so he's telling us, I make $70,000 a year now. We moved into a much better neighborhood. 
my kids going to a school that I'm not afraid to send him to. Right. And I mean, just, just that he moved to a level that he didn't even dream he could. Right. right. And then I talked to other, uh, other folks, right. And they're not quite that dramatic, but they go from, you know what I was, I didn't even realize that my job was just sucking the life out of me. And then all of a sudden I, I listened to you talk about how you got into podcasting and I decided to give it a try. Right. Or I, I listened to you talk about th- this thing. And so I changed my career, you yeah. know, and it's not as dramatic, but all of a sudden their life got better. Right. And they started to see new possibilities and dream of new things. And I mean, if, if I can, going back to this idea of the default career, if I can bump you off that default track right. and move you onto a happiness track, right? right? Move <laughs> you onto a place. And, and yeah, there may be some bumps on the other track. Right. But, right. you know, if I can get you so that your trajectory moves you up toward something that makes you happy or something that makes you more fulfilled, makes you more money, make them whatever it is. Right. But, but in the end, your life's better. Right. Holy crap. And the thing is, is that for developers and DevOps folks, what I'm finding is, is that a lot of the content out there, it's not designed to do that. It's designed to get you better skills so that you can have a little bit better status quo. Right. And I'm just not interested in, doing that. I'll, I'll put the stuff out there that helps you get a little bit better status quo to get you in the door so that I can kick you in the butt and move you onto your dreams. Right. And, and that's what's, that's, what's lighting me up. That's what this is all about. <laughs> so anyway, cool. But yeah, I've rambled on long enough. Let's go ahead and do some picks. All right. Hey folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit, and you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. So I'll jump in. I'll give you it to breathe for a moment. So you've mentioned a couple of times during this, you know, during this this episode, the idea of like trying to keep track of your finances, staying on top of things. So it just got me thinking, like, I don't, I feel like that's something that a lot of people either do it like, like an accountant and like they have everything tracked down to the penny (laughs) and all this, right? Uh And then there's the rest of us who don't do, I shouldn't say us. Then there's a lot of other people who basically don't, who basically like probably keep, I mean, I think most people at least keep track of like their checkbook and, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's digital now and all that, but, you know, they're sort of just keeping an eye on things and balancing it in some fashion, right? So my pick is Quicken and I'll tell you why. So I've used a, a few different packages and it's not about the software. I mean, here's the thing. It's so easy if, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time. If you just 
So we we do a lot of things on credit cards, but we just sort of track like what's you know we don't like carry a balance forward. We just we pay it off every month, but it's convenient. And but the problem is, is that it's really easy to lose track of everything that you're spending on, especially like Amazon delivers every day, and like you don't even realize how many thousands of dollars you're spending on Amazon or mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? Or Target or whatever. So you just set up the feeds so that. Quicken or whatever package you want to use brings in those statements. You're looking at it, you're tagging things, and the software is smart enough that you know all those recurring things that you do, tag it, categorize it, and then going forward, you don't have to do it again. And you put in mm-hmm. a little bit of effort in the beginning. It's not that hard. The little things I ignore, I don't categorize everything. I just don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. But it means that at the end of the year, especially for taxes. I can go in and just run a report from my accountant and say, how much charity did I give this year? Up, oh, here's the report. Here you go. Hand it over. Or for my business, like where are my business expenses? Do I make sure that I'm tracking those for tax purposes or not? I mean, just it's just so easy. Like when, you know, my wife is like, hey, are we spending more like the last couple of months on groceries than we have been? Hey, let me jump in and I'll take a look and I'll let you know what we're doing. And even that, like, I don't go crazy on making sure that, like, you know, you go to the store and, like, you buy a few groceries, but you also bought, I don't know, some light bulbs, right? I don't mm-hmm. start to, like, track and say, oh, well, that was, no, I don't split that stuff out. It's, I keep it simple. But even keeping it simple, you get a really good idea as to where your money is going, how much things cost, and just staying on, on top of and tracking stuff. So, I really recommend doing something like that. Like I don't do all the bill paying, the budgeting and all the other stuff that Quicken can do, but use something like that. If you don't do it today, um, spend a little bit of time on it, like a few minutes, like literally I probably spend less than an hour a month on it. And it just stays, you know, stays current and I can jump in and see reports and just see how things are looking. And I mean, I'm now trending stuff year over year over the last five years. So like you can see like how things have changed in five years. I mean, it's great. It really is. That's my pick. Nice. So uh, I'm going to throw out, I should just tell people what I'm using for the same kind of thing. I, I think the m- massive thing here is just using a system, right? Yes. And then, yeah, Quicken, QuickBooks, you know, whatever. They all do this, right? Where they they pick up on, oh, transaction looks like this. It means it's that. For my business, a couple of things that I'm going to, I have to pick because otherwise it doesn't make a ton of sense. The bookkeeping system I'm using is Zero. It's Xero. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's it's pretty awesome, pretty easy to use. the The reason that it's kind of critical for me in that way is that, like, I was actually doing some bookkeeping today. You know, just categorizing expenses and stuff like that. Is that yeah? It figures out okay. You know that this kind of a transfer, if it has these keywords into in it means that it came from this account to that account. And I do that a lot because I'm doing Profit First, which is a book by Mike Michalowicz. And it's it's awesome. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you're running a business, you really ought to be doing Profit First. Just going to put that out there. But yeah, I use Zero for my uh, business stuff. You can also do invoicing from it. You can do that from Quicken and QuickBooks too. Yeah. So that's not terribly hard. For my personal stuff, I've been using YNAB or youneedabudget.com. And it does kind of push you more toward the budget end of things. But the flip side is, is that you have, if you have financial goals, if you want to make sure you're 
putting a certain amount of money into savings, if you want to save up for a trip, save up for a boat, save up for whatever, right? You can put that in there as, as a goal and then it'll break down for you. Okay. This month you need to save 400 bucks. Right. And the other nice thing is, is you can do that for like Christmas or whatever. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does the same thing. It remembers your categorizations. Right. And yeah, I don't, I don't break up expenses. Right. If I bought it at Walmart, it's groceries. Right. Right. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, if we go way over budget, then I might look at it and say, yeah, we bought some Christmas or we bought a bike. Right. Right. But barring some major expense at Walmart, it's groceries. Right. But the flip side is, is that then I can sit down with my wife and I can say, hey, look, this is what we spent. This is what our budget, our budget was if we want to reach our financial goals. And then we can talk about it. Right. And and as long as we're on the same page, then that works out. And we kind of we're we're kind of transitioning from the check the bank account. Okay, there's plenty of balance for what I want to buy, right? So I'll go ahead and buy it. To yeah, looking at this stuff. But the flip side is too is that then for like school clothes or you know things like that that are going to come up this year, right? We have a clothing budget, right? right? And it helps us figure out. Okay, the last year you spent this much on clothes, and so you just need to put away this much every every month right. and then you you should balance out or close to that yeah. for for that or for auto repairs or for home right. repairs or whatever. Right. So I I really really like that. I did mention it. I'm going to mention it here in Picks Prosperous Coach is is the book that I've been reading and it kind of so up till now a lot of the coaching has been kind of group coaching. It's like, "Hey, you know, jump on the the call that we do every week, but I'm really moving much more to kind of a bespoke model where it's, Hey, look, where are you at? Where are you trying to get to? What really matters? And, and we, we go deep, right? Yeah. The other thing is, is that my style of coaching is not the, Hey, I'm going to make you feel good when we talk, right? It's the, Hey, look, if you really want to get here, yeah, then you got to be doing this stuff. Right. Right. And Hey, let's let's dive into your head a little bit and figure out what limiting beliefs you have and ha- kind of get through that stuff and really just make make it happen. I mean, I'm all about the results. And so this book kind of gave me permission to do that. And then at the same time also I feel like it kind of gave me permission to essentially call people out on their crap because right. people need it. Sorry, they just they do. I need it. I I have people that coach me and and I need it. I need them to basically look at me and go, dude, you're not doing it. And then you're complaining about not getting the results. Right. And well, you made that same, you you made that same excuse last time. So what are you doing about it? Right. And just that kind of a thing. And so Prosperous Coach kind of opened things up and kind of allowed me to go down that road with people. And I think, I think it's important. I think it's valuable. So anyway, that that's kind of taken me on this journey because I really have enjoyed the coaching, but I was afraid that going into kind of, you know, DevOps club or JavaScript club that I was going to lose some of that one-on-one. But what I'm finding is, is that some people will get everything they need because they don't intend to go as far as other people from something like the the DevOps club, right? right. It'll get them to senior DevOps engineer 
and get them a salary that they're happy with and a lifestyle they're happy right. with. Right. And then some people are super ambitious and they want to become an entrepreneur or they want to become a freelancer or they want to kind of become well-known. They want to build something a little beyond kind of the default career. Right. And those people at some point are going to need coaching. And so I didn't feel like I was giving up one for the other. And and that was something that I also got out of the Prosperous Coach. So I'm going to pick that book just because cool. it's it's awesome. There you go. Those are my picks. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up here. Thanks for letting me rant for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been good. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll wrap up here. And until next time, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.